it's time to learn about a little bit more astrology in your world. Talking about Vedic astrology, it's us again, Raven's Nest, and it's our newest episode. We'll get to those series that we have yet to even put part two, three, four, five, six about. But for now, we're going to keep following what sort of streamlines into our, uh, I think, our relative lives and what seems relevant in a way. Today Uh, we're going to talk about the mushroom. The voice of the mushroom himself, Terrence McKenna. And I swear that ties into astrology because we're going to talk about a nakshatra that is often seen as mysterious. And what nakshatra would that be? I'm thinking of Purvabhadrapada. Yeah, and I've got two cool examples of Purvabhadrapada people. But this Terence is a, and he talked about it himself, a heavier Scorpio. Uh, and I always picked up from his vibe that he was, he had learned astrology in like one of his many lives. And it was just probably so natural to him. That's why he, when he, anytime I hear him talk about it in these like, 80 hour lectures that you find across YouTube. <laughs> uh, he doesn't talk about as much as psychedelics, right? But he certainly has interesting topics that we'll dive into what we're into. So here it is. Probably um, the key to understanding astrology uh, is uh, you're going to have to go out side of astrology to understand it to something like fractal resonance Uh, the reason the pattern in the stars is repeated in the pattern of your life is because there's only one pattern to begin with it isn't that the stars cause you to be the way you are any more than that you cause the stars to be the way they are there is not a causal relationship here what there is, is a series of adumbrations and reflections uh, uh, that are, th- this is, you know, a great discovery that has been made in the past 10 years, one of the greatest intellectual steps ever taken by human beings. A new law of nature is now discernible, and I can state it for you. It's that nature is self-similar across scales. Do you understand what that means? It, it explains why an atom looks like a solar system and why they both look like a galaxy. Because nature is self-similar across scales. It means that, you know, if a certain architectural uh, uh, conceit works on one level, nature will use it on any other level where it seems appropriate. And, and so on many, many levels, the same patterns repeat. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if in the next while we got uh, the equivalent of astrology, but uh, quantumology. Quantumology, where instead of calculating downward from the star. So, uh, there was a couple of things he said. What do you want to talk about first? 
his uh it's something that i tend to agree with is to find reading astrology is somewhat of an adumbration um when you get to know the nature of either the grahas or the rashis and you start to understand nature itself like he said uh and what is nature composed of the elements so i let's I, there's more actually to this i want to finish it but what do you have to say um the elements With the yeah i was just uh studying the elements today and it's pretty interesting um because I study the elements in uh, Tibetan way and the Vedic way, and it's, guess what, the same. The elements are the building blocks of our causal bodies or our physical bodies, right? And we have five elements, right? We recognize five elements are present within us and five elements are present out in the macrocosm. We are the microcosm and the elements exist in the macrocosm. So like at the beach, right? And what Terence is talking about with astrology being observed on a quantum scale is looking at the astrology of yourself and then looking at the astrology of your country you can look at that like that you can look at the astrology of yourself and then the astrology of the transits to get like a deeper magnification and understanding or the Varga charts right in Vedic astrology we don't have one chart we have many charts and each chart is a division of another chart so the Varga charts are essentially quantum let's finish the eight you calculate upward from the atoms to the context of human fate and if you keep calculating you can go from quantumology to astrology and leave out sociology and show you know that these things are reciprocal reflections of each other, then the mystery and the woo-woo of astrology, I think, would just simply disappear and be replaced by an, of course, how could it be otherwise kind of understanding. Yeah. Pretty interesting that he mentions the woo-woo, because I think that's the issue with astrology it got associated with the new age movement and before astrology was actually and is a science and an art that was practiced for thousands of years in an unbroken lineage in countries like india china um you know iran those parts of the world yeah we've probably mentioned syria it, that turkey in some timeline of the earth's history that the, the more royal time or a uh, group of families may have only seen it or got to know it right because but they were literate and the uh, peasants were not allowed to be literate and that's kind of but like then at the same time i think of that's more of in the recent times 
but I do believe more in like multiple timelines of advanced civilizations being here on this earth. So like he said, you don't have, you can cut out the sociology BS. Right. Like my you son don't need is to have in Leo, psychological, so I should be an actress. Uh, there's not a game board when you already have the game board in the celestial courts. And uh, so that means the more we're in tune with nature, the more we actually will understand. You can say the star patterns, or maybe it's just yourself. How about that? Maybe you figure out what your weaknesses are and you try to work on those weaknesses. That's actually how you use astrology. Um, but it's also to focus on your strengths too, right? Yeah, it's kind of like um, your family would see a chart and they'd be like, oh, this child is a Porvabhadrapada. He has a lot of combinations that would be a yogi or a sannyas combination. Maybe we should take this child to the local temple and see how he reacts. And maybe that poor Babhadrapada child would have been a little bit difficult to deal with and slightly fiery. And then they go to the temple and it brings something to light in them, like it ignites this spark in them, right? That's, they say it's a mysterious nakshatra, yet it's pretty plain and simple to actually see if you know the energy of Purvapadrapada. Um, and not and the Vedic uh, system does a good job of showcasing its purity. Um, and fire is part of the element of at least, um, maybe not the nakshatra element, but certainly it relates to the deity, Ajayakapada, the fire dragon. So, um, and fire is of a pure nature, but in, I think today's world, the Purvabhadrapada has got like, it's like a, uh, uh, they didn't take it to the highest ascension path, I would say. Oh, you uh, know what? Um, this is kind of really interesting. I keep forgetting about this, but um, I love talking about Aleister Crowley. He is a moon and Purvabhadrapada in Pisces, How right? I know you were going to use this so chart. So check this out. You may not have known this, but Aja means supernatural. Eka means one. And Pada means foot or path. One supernatural path. That is Crowley, but here's the, here is the quantumology of this. <laughs> Aja means without birth, so it's bornless. Crowley did this ritual called the bornless ritual. You become the bornless one. The bornless one. That's very like Ketu as well. I would say it's been done in research. Like I'm not even saying this myself, uh, but a lot of them, some of these guys are athletes that have Purvabhadrapada, mainly skateboarders. They will. Uh, anything to do with lifting one leg, there's oftentimes a, uh, a scene. But I'd say a lot of people that can, there's a certain side of this Aquarius energy which is why it comes out and becomes these people become well known uh, because that is the masses but some people channel this as like an art form um, that's why they make excellent yogis because it's about um, balance you're on a skateboard sometimes you push off with one foot and you it's, it's like creating 
what I would call the yoga in in anything. Like like if you if you're good at painting, you're gonna find what the yoga is in painting, or at least you should aspire to find whatever it is in that that activity, right? And if you're a bad person, you're gonna do bad activities. So you stay on the, the pure side of it, which is part of what Purvajrapadas have to be, or or or. Yeah, purification by fire. Yeah, trial by error almost is the exact energy that this nakshatra has. Um, I see there there has to be a they have to learn not to burn bridges. Wasn't it? moon and poor Vabhadrapada when that storm hit yesterday yeah there's usually a lot of storm windy. because of the maroots and right? also I was reading about this um, poor Vabhadrapada is the storm and destructive forces controlled by the howling gods of destruction uh, the Rudras but the brothers Aja Ekapada and, and his um, you know his other twin dragon Ahir Bundia uh, they are related to the Rudras, the 11 Rudras. And this is and, where... And there are destructive forces. Yeah. But they're also related to the wind element, right? They're yeah. the atmosphere and the clouds which hold up the sky. So they're you in between the, wind the sky. <sighs> yeah, that's... It's going... <laughs> no, but uh, can, we can't forget about, like, Purvashada, like I've seen some storms during Purvashada. I was just like, that was wicked. But that's nature. That's the force of the Rudras. Is usually the that that powerful side of nature. And maybe it's about harnessing that power for the people that have planets and uh, Rudra-related nakshatras, like Ardra, um, we've, which we've talked about. I think, guys, if you haven't heard it. One of our nakshatra series, which could use some love, is the one on the deities. Uh, and we haven't finished that part. <laughs> we made it to, I believe, we did the first Gandanta section. Or like oh, we yeah. went up to uh, yeah. Ashlesha, I mm -hmm. think. So, which brings me to one of my more, or one of the other points is the Gandanta energy right now. Um, <laughs> a lot of it. We have What's a Gandanta again for our listeners? It's our section of the zodiac where we go from water to fire sign. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but I don't feel like making this entire <laughs> No, that's episode a good explanation. So when about the elements change <laughs> in an extreme way. Okay. And usually it's a, I don't know, a bit of a transformative quality, you, you would say. Um, so a lot of heavy, random funky stuff happening across like world news and stuff um, I don't believe it to be o over because also guess what uh, well Saturn's retrograde for one and Neptune's in Porvabhadrapada the Pisces oh, side Yeah. Um, and I, I find that to be um, I think there is a lot of people that are willing to to want to pull the, the curtain back on the show to really show you how you've been deceived and I think the people are more than willing and the people are extremely strong as far as like if I'm talking about the entire like public right now this is my PSA to everyone out there that it's going to be better than ever soon but usually to get to that next level right you go through the purification 
Um, as yeah. I have mentioned, that outer planets, I like to only discuss them more on the collective level. That's why I'm saying this. Because they're the outer, the outer world, right? All right, that's all I got. Yeah, I think, um, like you were saying, the deities are very important to understanding how to, let's say, remedy the nakshatras, more negative qualities. Because what is the purpose of a deity? It's to teach us about the things that it presides over. And if a deity presides over a nakshatra, and it's a deity uh, like Aja Ekapada, see, we can even go to the nakshatra before and the nakshatra after to kind of see what that energy is. And it's it goes from shot to bishak, which is got Varuna, which Varuna is a pretty fierce energy. And a lot of people don't think about it that way. They just think like, yeah, he's in the ocean. He's cool. But if you've ever been in the ocean, you know, it's kind of a wild place. It is an interesting correlation that like the water bearer as a sign but it's very dark also has you can't see what is in the ocean and it's deep and it's vast and it's unexplored and then you go for something deep vast and unexplored to Purva Bajrapada, which is Aja Ekapada so it goes from the ocean the water flows up into the atmosphere and it gets into that storm zone right of Aja Ekapada where it's it goes from a nakshatra that is chara which is movable right the water is movable and it goes from a movable energy to an ugra energy which is a fierce energy like those dragons are not something that like are going to be sweet and gentle well, and inviting in the highest f like realm of the dragon world i'd imagine they're going to be way more misunderstood in t today's society just be in they might that's why a lot of Purvajrapadas seem to to take bad bad takes or, or they'll, they'll just do something that later in life in the saturnian ruled sign of aquarius they figure out what they need to do it's that trial by error energy of saturn the wisdom of learning something after you kind of already maybe you know stubbed your toe um, and at times, Purvajrapadas are the most extreme about sacrifice. It seems like, and, and if it's a, an excelled Saturn, it'll be a noble sacrifice. It'll be, it'll be worth it. But if it's, eh, you might not see a good uh, influence on Purvajrapada. And it, it could, it could damage. It could be a self-destruction type thing. Um, that, that's just the heavy truth about that nakshatra. I don't like to get into it. But the fire dragons truly actually are mythical. They're like, they're Nagas, right? So they're actually more in related li relation to royalty, uh, higher knowledge, um, the pursuit of one's own inner force. That's what I would actually also mention. The more esoteric side of the dragon, right? Wielding one's power and doing it, what, in the pure form? Or in a stupid form. You decide. And then you go from Purva Bajrapada. So you go from Aquarius into Pisces. 
into the next nakshatra, which is Utrabhadapada, which is Ahirbundiya, which is the air dragon. And they work together. And if you think about the dragons as a pair, and you think about Purvabhadrapada, a lot of it is, is this mystical longing for union with something divine. That's actually a good way to put it, yeah. I haven't heard of that. Because you think about what was, you know, I'm going to go back to Crowley because he's the chart I have in front of me. But his desire and motivation were not, it, uh, you know, they were not sexual. That was just part of what happened to well, no, come he, with the territory. I think he, someone that he was well-traveled, was he not? The actual he was life well-traveled. Of, of, of Crowley's life, he explored many, many, many different countries. And at the time when he was alive... Was that not a pretty, I mean, maybe his, you could follow merchant routes and there was like a camel, like a group of camels that like traders were on and you see some people want to follow the trail. The next thing you know, you're. Yeah, he in almost like, died in a mountain expedition. He found like ruins in Persia or something. He went to like India and, you know, traveled all through um, Yeah, he got to go know, to China. Egypt, Nepal. I don't know that he went to Nepal. Oh, I thought in your book it was saying the one of your... Maybe. It, I'm not sure. I don't remember. No. But um, he was a traveler. And you think about um, Crowley. He, you know, yoga is part of Porvavajrapada. That's their means of achieving the mystical union. And that's really what, what drove him to... Uh, really uh, i think become a master of the western esoteric path what we call that now because what was he studying he was studying tibetan buddhism and his friend that went with him actually ended up leaving the expedition and becoming one of the first um europeans to be initiated as a monk in um i think it's the path of what we now call dzogchen buddhism which is like a a very extremely um philosophical form of buddhism it's not practiced by many but it's really um it's very detached and i think that inspired crowley a lot because he took a lot of the practices and the tapasya that he performed um, including you know the abramelin ritual which he learned with his teacher um, and he shared it with other people and he was one of the first people to say hey i've tried all these really strange rituals and i think that's very right he was he was the, the pioneering type right like uh literally that, inner and outer what pioneering. i pick up yeah you know like it's it's kind of like small town gossip every time you hear people speculate like what kind of person crowley was i think uh at the end of the day uh if you read the actual real books there's a lot more to his life than just like oh yeah he, he did a bunch of dumb stuff you know like sun I, ketu conjunction and moon rahu conjunction in the 612 axis sun in in virgo and i mean moon i, I sort of get the the energy of probably reminds me of kind of like john d as far as like there was some kind of like real big obsession with he understanding was with john d. whatever it is yeah. angelic energies um the forces the, the pilgrimages to study in an isolated temple in india 
Um, it's like, man, if it, it is about detachment, but we, we can only get a slight glimpse of it in the West, I'd say. I mean, that's why most people want to be like secluded and away from everybody because they think they've found like the way to hide in their hole and be attached. But, uh, the Western world is full of all kinds of distractions and gimmicks and it's that what we call the Rahu nature, right? It's just like walking into a gas station and there's at least 1200 different brands of like, uh, either a male performance enhancer, hydration, uh, bottles, uh, lottery tickets, cigarettes. <laughs> it's just maddening to be, uh, zenned out. And then you go and find out that Marlboro lights are now 433 a carton. It's like, wow, I didn't ask. <laughs> I don't want to pack that crap in me. <laughs> How did it's, you get to talking about that? We we're talking about Rahu. That's oh, why yeah. this came up. But uh, I'm really looking forward to Mercury actually getting into its own sign. Woo! It's going to go exalted in Virgo soon. It's been in a funky little mix of, of conjunctions and. Uh, that sort of thing um in our last episode i'd kind of given my piece of you know good advice as far as transits what things show and i did mention that did not mention the mars transit through k2 will also amplify the need to uh channel whatever exercise or perform a activity that's martian right some would go to say martial arts cool that's your thing do it uh, if you like swimming you should swim yeah you're talking about the mars k2 conjunction yeah do you have stuff on that yeah um i was thinking the mars k2 conjunction is important um because mars has to do with you know soldiers and battle and it's going to happen in Virgo and I think a lot of people are battling for health right now that's kind of what I got from what I've been hearing and seeing and reading and feeling like this movement of the nodes into the 612 axis is going to amplify this even more but Mars and Kate I mean Mars and K2 yeah that's that's a lot. And then you put the sun there. What's going to happen? It's going to shine a light on that. This is something people cannot ignore anymore. You can't ignore you cannot ignore what health is. And K2 is undiagnosable diseases. Right? Rahu K2, that 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 awful um Kalsarpa yoga brought this up and now we have to deal with it it's been three years come on let's deal with it and i think that's what this conjunction is all about um i think, I in the, think US that the government is going to get exposed for its involvement in the largest corruption ring in history implicating a large swath of people in global government yeah we haven't even gotten we've been talking about the Bajrapada, right but we haven't even got to our real-time transit of Saturn through the Port of Bajrapati yet. So, I, 
that's why I struggle sometimes to piece together our, um, you know, our constant update on the next new moon and full moon is just because the energies can shift quicker than anything. And, uh, you, you have to learn to feel the sense of when shifts do occur, like especially this October, uh, pretty quickly planets shift signs, at least two planets right away. I, I see, I mean, I know Venus and then Mercury are the two right off the bat. Um, so it's like shifting tides. You gotta have to use it and find your, how you, you flow with that, the next energy. Um, say Venus getting out of Gondanta going to Leo um, may make things still pertaining to world leaders um, finding out since this retrograde did occur first in Leo uncovering more stories on all the people that have been sort of not taking out the trash on their lives or uh, where money is being funneled uh, probably going to see a lot of exposure on people doing bad things with money, right? Um, yeah, I also want to say something important that's also happening is the break of that Guru Chandal yoga that we've been under for a while as well. Not only did we have that call Sarpa yoga, but we had Guru Chandal yoga, which is Jupiter and Rahu. And that was not allowing the full benefic aspects of Jupiter to come out for us because Rahu was there. It's kind of a mixed bag, you know, it's, well, it's the good, the bad and the ugly for as far as what Aries being the, the health of every individual. We can study the chart of any individual in the sign of Aries. Maybe look at the Lord of Aries, where's Mars and you learn more about what the overall health. I mean, there's many factors, right? Like we're talking about astrology that's Mars multi-layered. Mars is like the blood, but, yeah, the health of the uh, blood, and then Jupiter's the health of, you know, Jivatma. But with this break of the Kalsarpi, I mean, of the Guru Chandal Yoga, sorry, the Guru Chandal Yoga break will be, Rahu will be by itself. Jupiter will be by itself. I think this will allow law and order to prevail. The false gurus and the charlatans will be unmasked especially in the healthcare field. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree a million percent. And isn't it funny how Elon Musk showed up at the Texas border? And what is the what were you saying to me? How we were studying the X that g runs right through oh, Texas yeah, yeah, with yeah. the eclipse lines? And what's Twitter oh, yeah, now yeah, called? Yeah, 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 X. It's called X. So if yeah. you think about how things have been unfolding, We've talked about the path of the eclipse. The path of the eclipse makes an X right over Texas. Elon Musk lives in Texas. He lives in Texas. He takes, he wants to take Twitter there. But once he moves to Texas, he then kind of changes Twitter into X. Boom, right around this time, it's starting to get accepted into the consciousness of the public. That Maybe there's more, Twitter is X, right? more to to be revealed as the next few months follow on yeah, what's, like what's happening what's there. Yeah, what's going to happen. So um, I think we should really um, focus on what's happening in Texas and look at what's happened historically in well, Texas. I think one of these lessons back to the USA chart is the Pluto return and um, something I like to talk about with this relates to Leo 
this is sort of the Saturn Sun uh, mix that I, I always talk about, and it's that. So Leos are always getting bagged for being like egoistic, or, or people always say they're full of themselves and all this. But really, one of the biggest lessons of the original Fifth Dharma House is learning to take your power back. And so, with the public, with government, with all of this happening, it's about learning to take our power back. Um, I think the Constitution was actually um, what makes America one of the best countries, if not the best in the world. And so, usually, there's this correlation between like, how can you not support freedom of speech? How can you not support the right to bear arms? Um, I'll tell you what, I don't like how people talk about their problems with guns when places that are wanting to take your guns away are the highest rate of crime. And if you don't think any day you walk outside you might have to uh, protect yourself, your loved ones, you're probably the first target for the most. But that's my tangent. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, was this was supposed about, to be an astrology podcast. I was but, thinking uh, about um, <laughs> what you said about the Constitution and why is it so important for the United States. You think about, um, you know, the Constitution is a Jupiterian document. And our founding fathers, I would say... The energy was more Jupiterian. There are a bunch of guys that like wanted to create this system of law and order, and that is the domain of Jupiter. And now that this Guru Chandal Yoga is going to break, the country is being reinvigorated with this desire to celebrate this document that has protected us from what we originally created the country for which is freedom for freedom right that's so that's what it is it's really about freedom and and you you know you can look at different times for the usa chart but there's a lot of planets you know in gemini for the united states right sun jupiter venus mars it's like a bunch of little like <laughs> I just and auto, auto, auto in think of, aside from our uh, this chart in the country aside that sounds like a bunch of like little Gemini girls running around screaming your ears off being annoying. <laughs> That's <laughs> you just hear. That's kind of the relationships that probably have happened for the USA. It's been a lot of uh, talk and not enough action. Um, and, and the air signs are always tricky. Air signs like to get way too vaunted out, right? So usually it's about grounding. Maybe, guess what? Sagittarius, there's an axis right there. I was talking about Sun and Saturn. Now we can talk about Jupiter, Mercury. Mercury, Jupiter. So Jupiter, there's this push tug pull between like the playful little mercury that stimulates the mind and goes jogging and plays whatever sport and then there's the jupiter that came up with the sport or had the rules for the sport because mercury was too busy playing the sport instead of learning the rules <laughs> so um 
yeah, we're looking at the chart right now for the USA. Uh, a lot of people are, are sharing a lot of their, their insights that we really like. Like Jeff Harmon has said plenty of good things. Talking um, about the Jupiter, uh, the Pluto return on the United States, how it's going to affect us. And, you know, um, I'm not sure what chart he's using, but, you know, Pluto in the United States chart, Pluto is a planet that stays in the same sign for a long time. And it was in Uttar Vishada. And it's with K2 in Shravana. What's Shravana about? It's about stealing land. The whole story is about stealing <laughs> land. It's about it's about Mahabali and Vamana, um, you know, trickery to steal land. Man, that nails it for the United States. <laughs> they stole the land, okay, and then they took the laws of the land that the people living here had created through their council okay and right. this is my neutral self because you know when you're native american you get a little fiery about this subject being a warrior clan type person you understand that your clan and your family was living on the land for generations here and they had the laws of nature which we've talked about i think on this podcast before and it's also a very uh, Vedic Santan Dharma type of idea. There's the laws of the land and the laws of nature, which are always going to be greater than the laws that are written. Because the laws that are written don't really, uh, they, they're only for certain people. Uh, sure, but hopefully doesn't mean lawlessness occurs because of that reason. Well, that's what we're dealing with right so, now, and I think that's why this th Pluto returns important. That kind of circles back to how we we're saying earlier about astrology being a part of nature right, right. Um, and just as much as you know fall equinox means we're gonna have pumpkin spice lattes and all that garbage there's actually calculations of different degrees occurring with sign placements planetary transit that cause sure weather change causes mood change it causes <laughs> all of it to somehow affect us maybe not maybe we also will say we have control of that uh, but it's a, a balanced glide right we're trying to s do what maybe sometimes the Purvabhadrapadas do really well uh, they find a way to glide into like a flow state or something as as unfortunately commercialized as that sounds <laughs> what does that mean well i think you, in yoga you, you find that you sort of can tap into a moment of your present awareness it's more so the like you're saying the buddhists find an emptiness there's a certain i don't know that the flow state means that i'm just i don't well, really no, understand it, that modern lingo so explain to me the flow state finding a way to groove through life is all I would put it as. There's nothing really about it besides knowing when you're in the right thing, doing the right stuff at the right time. Interesting. I'm not going to complicate that. Interesting. <laughs> well, a, I'll bring it back to the United States because I think 
because we live here and we're about to have this transits uh, transit over the United States natal Saturn in Virgo and if this is a correct birth time for the United States Saturn in Virgo having the transits come over it you're gonna have to really focus on taking care of your health and be determined to take care of your health and apply yourself well that's how do you focus it's a yogic it's it's a yogic way of doing it to go back to what you're saying the yogic thing about saturn that a lot of people forget is is mastering your own self yeah and your own health and how do you become a master of your own health and i think that's what a lot of people struggle with and i think that's part of the lessons of of this shift into the nodes in the 612 axis especially on our chart because the united states people need to learn how to take care of themselves if we're going to call ourselves an advanced country when we don't really have any kind of like uh, culture we've talked about this we don't really have a culture here other than uh, debauchery and pop culture it's all it right, is, which right? Is, it's it's like um um, I mean, soul sucking. Culture. Well, yeah, it's a vampiric culture. I'll, I'll call it that. It's a vampiric culture that feeds off of of all the things that are um, mundane and uh, material and social social. Um, what would you call it? Like uh, posturing, even like um, what do they call that when you like? go online and you share uh, your life and you're like, I want everybody to just see how great what? of a yogi I am. Like so, narcissism? So they post pictures of themselves doing yoga poses, right? And then like, you know the person and you've never seen them do that. Yeah, I, I think that's a uh, definitely true. I mean, it's, I'm thinking of like the Sun-Saturn axis because narcissism to me is a like, low vibration of that energy pole um but yeah, now the the creative the creative learning the, the process of upgrade is is plentiful with the nodes going into virgo pisces you take the the learning curve of both planets the lord of both those signs and you you do find a way to probably get rid of uh the bad habits um, that's the Virgo in tendency is to like usually try to perfect something and boy do most all of us have something we want to perfect um, a good yeah. a good thing to do with K2 and Virgo throughout that transit will be to I mean people are going to clean if you get a cleaning business or if you clean yourself learning to clean really well is a will, will, will kind of ease that Virgo energy because yeah Virgo can get kind of spazzy and finicky because mercury is a what it does well when it's stimulated it doesn't w do well when it's not as far as like um well it's changeable in that sense that if you put it with like a, a vata planet like rahu it's going to amplify that 
or if you put it in a sign that is a more um let's say a heavier energy like capricorn then it's gonna be like it's gonna feel really weighed down at times it's gonna feel you know it's gonna get more malefic it has that ability to be malefic but i think um people need to understand the basic of health is here it is ready everyone's different <laughs> first rule everyone's different second rule you're gonna eat locally and seasonally you hear a lot of people talking about this and it seems like it's such a hard thing to understand but it's actually very simple Think about the seasons and like the tropical climate you're in or like let's say you're in a living in Antarctica or you're living in Alaska. What is around you and what do the people around you eat and what is available during different times of year? So you're living in harmony with the earth and the seasons, which increases your vitality and immunity. Your sun, you're kind of like following the sun because what grows from the light of the sun is what's going to sustain and nourish you. And let's say sun just got out of cancer, went to Leo, and oh, and now it's in Virgo. Suddenly that fire element's not so spicy. It's not so strong, right? And then that's how you understand this is to go back to the microcosm and the macrocosm. The sun outside is when fiery sun's in Virgo, hot. you're like an overanalyzing why it was 20 degrees hotter two weeks ago, and you're like, oh, it's because it was in sun in Leo, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it drops even more. Wow, and that's what we call the change in different seasons. Right, that's called the Ritu Sandy, which is kind of like the Gandanta of, of seasons. Between the seasons, there's a point where, and this is what Western culture does not understand, cold and flu season, it comes every year during the Ritu Sandy. What is that? When in your whole seasons. Does it mean something's resetting in your system? It means that your Agni is starting to diminish. So what I was saying before about the sun outside being hot in the summer, and as the summer goes into the fall, that's end of summer into the fall, the Ritu Sandy. So the sun is starting to diminish. So inside your body, your Agni diminishes, right? So your in digestive fire diminishes, and you start to need more digestive power and more energy gets used inside your body to digest food so you have to eat a different diet that's also part of maintaining health oh so like you're, we were talking about craving chili earlier craving chili is because the, the weather's starting to get a little colder and you want something more spicy because the spices will work with enkindling that fire inside you that digestive fire and that's the ayurvedic perspective right I'm yes but that's yeah. also like the perspective of like eastern philosophy it's like it makes no sense to eat ice cream if it's 20 degrees outside right or cloudy 
and it doesn't make sense to eat hot spicy food when it's a hundred degrees, degrees yeah. outside yeah yeah or even here's a common a common thing that happens here what do we associate with the summer day drinking which is like the worst thing for the you. worst thing you could possibly do that's why it's people killing get, yourself yeah like you wonder why your immune system's totally wrecked and like everybody's partying on boats outside drinking getting sunburn it's a lot of simple corrections but because the culture has programmed such and this is the culture that the united states created for us now i think under this this shift of the nodes i think people are going to start to realize that's maybe not the best way to live and i think that's why people are starting to prioritize their health more they're starting to ask more questions they're starting to you know you talked about leo in the fifth house of you know the ego and self and health but it's also about education and higher education and people want to educate themselves in different ways and i would call health a form of education that is highly highly underappreciated and undervalued because you can't eat what you want you can't this dieting the way the united states kind of markets like yeah if you take this um, supplement you could definitely lose weight but the problem isn't then it, that it's much deeper than the entire like structure of how weight. everything functions isn't necessarily i mean you know what i'm saying you know if if, if our culture was earth centered uh with common sense you know maybe every person in this country would have a plot of land growing everything they need to live right and that's not possible in every portion of the world but certainly like weather patterns changing is a sign of the times changing too um, and i'm not not i'm not i'm not into talking about climate change and all that because uh, nature is constantly changing that is the nature of nature <laughs> and that is the so we, we can't exploit that it's a really it's a circle that you'll be on in a yeah minute. don't get trapped into that samsara yeah that's a uh, that's really what it is that whole thing is another instead of talking about that you should talk about your own personal health and how you can tackle that because if your health in your own house is not in order how do you expect to fix everything around you you can't like tell people like oh you you shouldn't drive more than 10 miles every day and that's that's like hurting the earth but also factory farming is hurting the earth right like you 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 think that animals living on one guy's farm in a in a small pen is is any better than people having their own farms with animals that well, can free roam and, yeah, and well, live happy lives yeah the energy transfer you know it's it's a yeah, I was asking you earlier, so it, is it technically a satanic uh, saying to, to say you've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into something? Or like, yeah. or like you're kind of insinuating something that maybe someone way off the deep end, Satanism would be like, 
yeah, blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blood. Like <laughs> I, yeah, I th- we were talking about that, and you said that, and I said, yeah, blood, sweat, and tears but are... It's the fierceness and harshness of... Re- maybe right now it seems like we're learning those fierce lessons. It's like maybe No, maybe people, more people like you are learning about that, but, but if you've been into the occult your whole life, then you understand when people say blood, sweat, and tears, you're like, oh, they're talking about charging a sigil with three different forms of bodily fluids to you know create something that's i was what they just do. thinking about that because you hear it in you know macho man talk or something because people uh, just repeat things like that and they don't know the origin of it but and then when you repeat something it becomes a mantra and then it informs the consciousness of the collective i just use power might and will how about that that that's sounds all like goes a into martian. my work <laughs> that's martian so. stuff right there but yeah, um, that was uh, kind of something else that eh, was going into was uh, the study of, of that uh, Terrence McKenna, right? And we were really appreciating the the audience and how numbers are staying consistent and. Yeah, thank you. It to comes up to listening. us being consistent <laughs> and holding ourselves accountable to putting content out. And we hope maybe it, if you've had nothing to do today, maybe it's a little stormy actually, like we were talking about where you are, uh, have something to dive into. And if not, if it's totally sunny, go outside. Don't listen to us. Just go enjoy your outside adventures. <laughs> Live it to the fullest. Yeah, listen so. to us while you're at work. No, just kidding. Um, only listen to me when you're doing Saturnian. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but leave us a review. Um, I think we're on Apple. I found some other different um, cool, like, alternative uh, podcast hosting sites or sites that stream our podcast. And all you have to do is search our podcast name. And if you don't have Apple or Spotify, um, I don't have Spotify. <laughs> um then you can still listen to our podcast and uh, just kind of help support a small from the heart project that makes Vedic astrology understandable and relatable and applicable to your life and and seeing how it's a practice that is very different depending on the presenter but the tenets are the same we value the history and the lineage and that's why we like to share what we've come across and things we've observed and certainly everything you said i am behind as well i really love uh sharing this with you uh, as my partner as my romantic partner my spouse and my work partner uh, we get s word done so i don't feel like cussing because i don't know if, how many listeners may be we get shot adolescent done. <laughs> <laughs> you like that that was good that was clever because uh, i love saying that word it's i don't fun. i may throw i'm not some sidereless extremist even though i like to to put my uh perspective out there uh, really what's more important is more people that don't even believe in astrology start to you know hear 
deeper things uh, because knowledge itself is a type of spiritual food that nourishes us. Yeah, all you Sun and Libra and Sun and Leo people that say, eh, astrology is woo. That's right. You're actually Let's right. Go back. If that's you, go back and listen to that, Terrence. And think about it. Think about how the weather patterns, and we don't even question it. We don't even think about how we just accept it because obviously the sensation of my skin moisturizing and then dripping, pouring with sweat has something to do with that big ball in the sky that wasn't at the northern most point like it was six months ago. It was down further, oh, in the direction of the south. Okay, well, I'll save you a lot of headache, sir, and just tell you we have software for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know what we would do without it, but, you know, um, I think that in this next cycle of what we're going to see happening with Mars K2 and uh, all this Virgo energy and, you know, Saturn coming out of retrograde, there's going to be a lightness in the air. There's going to be a feeling of, I think, inspiration because K2 and Mars... People think it's a scary thing, but you have to think about what those two planets can do when they're they're in their best energy. So if you think about the things that you need to do for yourself, for your health, and you begin to do them as this transit happens and as these eclipses happen, and as the nodes change, by the time that all starts to manifest in the next few months, you're going to see that you're going to surprise yourself with the progress you can make just by putting your will and and your power into taking care of yourself because mars really needs to feel like the will and determination otherwise it, it gets very frustrated yeah i i think so those pits of um, planets need something and it, mars has been in this funny little like uh kind of like mercury it's just been in these funny little uh, patterns of transit that I've come across, but uh, that's gonna have to do it for me. Yeah, I, I'm out I on think this that's, one. Yeah, I think that was a lot that we covered today, and um, thank you for listening to Raymond's Mast Vedic Astrology. See you next time. Your mustache.